We are honored to have Sheriff Devereaux here tonight to speak. That's a good crowd tonight. Yeah, somebody should have told me all that stuff before I ran for office. <laughs> no, it's a great job. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about who I am. Uh, you know, as the 2020 starts to come around, I guess it's good to start getting that, getting in that mode. Uh, she said, my name's Damon Devereaux, born and raised here in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Graduated Guthrie High School, got in law enforcement at the age of 21. <clears throat> 1991. Uh... When I got into law enforcement, um, I tell this to when I'm talking to kids, there's three reasons reasons why I got into law enforcement in 1991 at 21 years old. Number one, I got to drive fast. Number two, I got to carry a gun. And number three, I got to talk crap. As we age and uh, our roles take on more responsibility, the reasons why I do what I do change throughout my career. And I had a kid ask me the other day, uh, speaking to a group of rainbow girls that were having their state conference here in Logan County, and, and she goes, why do you do what you do? Why do you, why law enforcement? I apologize, it's my phone. We're here on the soft. And I, I had to think about that for a minute, because, I mean, there's multiple reasons why I do what I do. Uh, but the answer that I gave her is because, you know, at the end of the day, as I look back on my day, did I help somebody that day? Did I make somebody's life better? And I say that not only speaking to the public, but speaking to my staff, you know, as well as speaking to our inmates. Uh, you know, we've got around 170 inmates in our facility right now, and I get toured frequently in that place. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a place to be proud of. Your tax dollars are what paid for that awesome facility. Uh, and I can tell you that when I'm giving those tours, you know, people are asking a million questions, and as soon as we get up to our tower, we're looking out through the windows, and I tell them, you know what the difference between us and this side of glass and that side is? They're all like, why? Because it's a big secret. Mm-hmm. I said, one poor choice. Mm-hmm. One stupid decision. You know, there's a lot of good guys back there and gals that have made stupid decisions and are paying for their actions. Uh, so, <clears throat> and there's some guys in there that are sure enough just bad people and will probably for the rest of their life. But there's a lot of good people back there are products of their environment or just made a poor choice and they're, they're serving their time. So that's that's where I'm at in my law enforcement career and asked do I do this job is is um, you know the world's an evil place out there. You guys watch the news, there's a war on cops or it's just a, the world's spinning out of control. And, and so my mission every day is to make sure that I get something to help somebody in their life and make a better place. Um, some of the things I did when I got into, yeah, and I want to introduce Sheriff Bowman. He's here tonight. Jim. face-to-face, head-on with this uh, position. Uh, but I will say that uh, you know, because of his leadership and the leadership of Sheriff's Pryor are what, able, are what enable me to carry on the mission of the Sheriff's Office. Um, 
some of the things we've implemented at the sheriff's office, uh, some of the things we've done. Uh, we recently replaced our entire camera system. We had several cameras that were inoperable. Uh, so we spent a good chunk of money to ensure, number one, that our staff safe when they go back there, and number two, that our inmates are safe as well. Uh, as you guys know, some of you guys know, we went to college and had dorm room settings. Sometimes it gets a little hostile in there. And we have some situations, and our cameras help uh, curtail some of those situations and document the evidence you know, if we need it for court proceedings. Uh, some other things we've done is uh, we've added a deputy for each shift. So we've got five deputies. We've got six deputies on each shift. I've got several guys in the police academy right now. Something that we're really proud of that's coming out the pike is our E911 system. Uh, currently, when 911 rings at the sheriff's office, we get it's kind of a Walmart phone they answer. And uh, uh, due to ACOG's, uh, the ACOG and the 911 system, they've got a brand new system that has mapping and all that stuff that, that's currently in place, they're testing. A uh, big move we got um, coming up probably in the next 30, 60 days is we're moving our dispatch from the front, front window to our tower. Um, so when you come into the sheriff's office, you won't see dispatchers there. A lot of times, probably the biggest plan I did is somebody comes up to the window and they're looking and don't see anybody in there and they stand there because they've got two dispatchers that are on the phones or on the radio that don't focus on the, the window. So the big move is, is to have our dispatchers focus on the radio and the phones and those two things alone. Uh, a lot of times you'll get distractions at the window, things get lost in the hecticness of it. So I'm hoping that in doing that, our, in, our email one system up there and everything, that the service that we provide the citizens will increase significantly because they're focusing truly on what they're there to do. And then we're going to move our record staff into that front window because most of the time it's record stuff anyway. Uh, <clears throat> some of the other things we've got going, uh, you know, we started a relationship with Oklahoma Jail and Prison Ministries about a year ago. Uh, went through some transition issues. We got a new guy, uh, Jason Reese. I'm sure many of you guys, if you put here and go through, you know Jason Reese uh, has got picked up with him. And it's going to be kind of one of our, our uh, standard OJPM guys that come in and minister to our inmates. And, and he really doesn't know us yet, but at some point in time, I think he's probably, he's probably going to become our chaplain for our agency. We currently don't have one. That's a, that's a huge need, especially with the things that are going on today in the, the world and the things that we see and stuff like that. Um, you know, I said 20 minutes, and I uh, <laughs> would like to say hi to my wife, April. She's probably on my You always forget her, and I don't mean to. Um, you know, along with the, uh, the OJPM, we, we currently have several of our pastors that come in regularly. Uh, that do counseling with our inmates and stuff like that. A lot of these guys, when they get into jail, you know, and I tell them all the time when I'm back there talking to them, we have one that may get, get released or something like that that's really going to read the Bible and have their, <coughs> their prayer groups in the pocket and stuff like that. And as they're leaving, I, you know, I try to tell them, look, Jesus will walk out these doors with you. You just got to invite him. He's there all the time. Don't, don't leave him in the jail. He's out there. It's where you need him. You know, you're in this controlled environment here where you don't have access to all the temptations of the world. But as soon as you walk out those doors, the devil's going to jump on your back, and you're going to be back in here. 
Some it works, some it doesn't. But I'm not going to give up hope in them. Uh, you know, and that's another thing I try to do. When I go back there and I interact with inmates pretty regularly, if, I mean, on a daily basis at a minimum, is you don't invest in them. You know, let them know that they're worth something. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, some of these guys, what they got in here for is all they know. And try to give them a, a platform to grow off of, a spiritual platform, you know, knowing that God's always there regardless of where you're at. He's there to always reach out the hand and take you. Um, so that's something we do quite a bit of. I do personally. Um, oh, my kids. Uh, I forgot about that. I got six children. Uh, seven grandkids. I got one daughter that lives in Japan. Her husband's in Air Force. She just had a baby about four or five months ago. Thank goodness for FaceTime, right? Yeah. I've never seen that little bugger, but one of these days I'll get to hold, hold her. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Don't ask me date of birth. So I can't tell you that I got them all on my phone. Uh, but you know, it's a pri- you know it's a privilege and an honor to be your sheriff. I mean, I can tell you coming through the municipal side of law enforcement and moving to the constitutional side of the sheriff was a transition for me. And I can tell you that I have learned so much about truly what this position is and the privilege it is to hold it as well as the honor. And I had one of my guys, we were in a meeting one day, we were talking about what, a success, what does a successful agency look like? And we were talking about sheriff's office, what's a successful office look like? I told him, I said, I can give you stats. We want to cut down on burglaries. We want to do this. We want to do that. I said, but at the end of the day, you know what a successful office is? You got the people's trust. That's a successful office. And that's my goal is to always ensure that I have your trust with the job that we do and the men and women that, that serve you guys, uh, that that's our priority. Because uh, once you lose that, money is over. So... Uh, with that, I'll open it up for any questions. Uh, kind of give you a rundown of who I am. Uh, we talked about constitutional values. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I, you know, I go to, to a First Southern Baptist Church. I mean, you can't get much more. Uh, you know, if you want to hear the word, go to the Baptist Church. If you don't get it, whether you like it or not. No, I thoroughly enjoy church. Uh, and my wife go. We, uh, we're going to a chronological Bible reading right now. That's just my mind. So that's pretty much it. You know, Second Amendment stuff. Uh, finally, uh, finally, Oklahoma recognizes the Constitution and. Uh, uh, you have the right to protect yourself uh, without a little card that says you can. I uh, still encourage people to get trained. You know, just like we do, we go through training constantly. Uh, that is a perishable skill, kind of like uh, riding basketball kind of not too recently. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you know, with carrying a gun on your hip comes the responsibility of that weapon. And, you know, I can show you videos and videos of law enforcement officers that would have that gun taken away and killed with it. So anytime you put that gun on your hip, just know that uh, there's a lot of responsibility in carrying that. It's just not a piece of accessory. Yes, ma'am. Sheriff, are you going to do anything different to prepare, or what is your anticipation? 
I honestly don't think we'll see anything different. Uh, you know, when I can tell you, and when it, the SDA stuff first came through, we were all freaking out, going, "Oh my gosh!" For all these years, we were the ones that had guns. Everybody's had guns were bad. And then it was like, okay, well, it's really not a big deal. Uh, then open carry. Oh my gosh, we're going to see all these guns and people. You know, it's going to be the wild, wild west. You know, I can count on probably both my hands of the times I've seen people open carry. You know, uh, there's a training curve that we have to go through as law enforcement to go. Okay, guys. You know, kind of like the medical marijuana. We're learning that whole process now. A uh, whole different deal. I'm not here to talk about that. But, but I don't see much change. I mean, those that are wanting to carry or carrying now, probably the thing that I see the most that I hear from people is going, yeah, I've had my permit for however many years. I don't even carry it anymore because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it is a pain in the butt, I can tell you. Yeah, depending on your boots, they got to match your holster and things like that. It's cool. <laughs> crazy people out there, uh, you know, and of course, being a law enforcement guy, I've got different guns, depending on if I'm wearing a shirt out, t-shirt, shorts, I've got a gun that I can carry, that I'm comfortable with, that's not going to be obvious, and uh, those are things you got to think about when you do start carrying, you know, if you're going to open carry, that's your business, I mean, but if you're going to conceal carry, those are things you need to think about the whole time. You know, and the biggest complaint I get from people is, I found this gun I want, it's really cool, blah, blah, blah. Well, put it in the holster. You know, put it in your waistband, that's where you're going to do it. Sit down, get up, go to the bathroom with it, see how you're going to handle that. Uh, because those are real things people don't think about when they throw a gun in their waistband or whatever. And if it's not comfortable, you're not going to carry it. So do your research, go to h as go to these different gun places, shoot them. <coughs> You know, I've got all the holsters I've got for different guns because I think this one's going to be something I want and end up going in the box. I got a box of holsters. But those are some of the things that that I think that people need to be educated on. It's number one responsibility of carrying that weapon if it falls in somebody else's hands, you know, in a scuffle or whatever. And make sure that you got a holster that you're comfortable with, that you can draw from. Um, you got a weapon that is fun to shoot because if it's not fun to shoot, you're probably not going to go out and practice with it. So, did I answer your question? <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. David, is there uh, anyone in the area that is actually doing training on how to protect your weapon and shooting from the different positions? I can only think of one guy that I personally know that <clears throat> is looking at doing some stuff like that. In fact, I think he's got a course this last Saturday on drawing from different holsters. That's uh, one of our guys, John Hudson. I know he's working on doing some curriculum for that type of stuff. Uh, but I can tell you guys, you know, our, our duty holsters have got switches and snaps and stuff to prevent the bad guy from getting in a fight, and they still do sometimes. You know, you know like I said, I've been to some of those guys' funerals. Uh, 
but don't make it too complicated. You can't get it out when you need it to. <laughs> Some of these guys snap. So much. Hey, if you can get it out there fast, hey, whatever, man. Yes, sir. Would you be willing to sell some of your old posters? <laughs> no. Don't ask my wife that question. She bought me one of these little bins to put all my crap in. Because there may be a time that I decide that was something I want to try to do. So, no, I will not be selling any of my guns. Posters, mags, nope. Not for sale. Is there any other questions? Yes, sir. Is the sheriff's office able to host any kind of training or classes like that at their at their own wish? Or you know, when we start to do something like that, because we've got you know a couple of guys that are firearms instructors, and and I know we're in the process. Uh, hopefully, within the next thirty days, of getting some of our you know our staff that's decided to carry um, and get them through a. Familiarization, kind of a training course, uh, so they can be able to carry in our court buildings and stuff like that. Um, I don't know that I want to take on the responsibility of training the public. Uh, a lot of liability there. It's a little bit different from our type of training. Um, so I would recommend finding a reputable guy that may be in law enforcement that can take what we do, tweak it, and sell it to you. Yes, sir. Uh, it's my understanding that the sheriff is the highest authority in Logan County. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, everybody tells me that. <laughs> you know, but I got my secretary that tells me, no, I can't do this all the time. But everybody says, you know, you know, being the, you know, the sheriff, it does come with some authoritative powers. Uh, you know, I hope. In my lifetime, we never have to get into the fight with the feds uh, to keep them out of our county. Um, or, we do have, or get to a point we do have to form a some sort of a militia. Uh, but those are things that I guess I got the power to do, they say. Uh, <laughs> now, I can tell you guys, you know, whether I'm wearing this badge or not, and I do a demonstration when I'm talking to kids, I take my badge and get off and go, who am I? I'm Damien. Alright, when I put my gun and badge on, who am I? I'm Damien. Sheriff's what I do for them. So, you know, like I was saying, the work, the badge didn't make the man, the man makes the badge. And I think that, that yeah, I mean, it's got all these powers that come with it, I guess. Uh, but I'm just a guy trying to represent the people the best I can at the end of the day. Uh, I want to all that. <laughs> I can tell you, things are going to work on my life. Is there any other questions before we turn it over to Don? Yes, sir. Real quick, when you talk about uh, criminal justice reform, I love the way you talked about uh, people that are incarcerated in Logan County. You said many of those guys have just made mistakes, yes. serving their time, and then want to be able to move on with their lives. You kind of talk about that a little bit. You know, <clears throat> gosh, I'm in trouble for saying this, but I think there's a lot of our guys that need to be out doing stuff for their community, that need to be working for their families. Um, 
you know, you know, I've got some guys that have been in there for three years on a felony uh, that should have been done and out, certain time and out by now. Um, you know, the system is the best we have. It needs a lot of tweaking. Uh, you know, but I've got quite a few guys that I would love to see get out and be productive people of our society. Now, what that's going to look like with criminal justice reform, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's quite a few bills out there, and I haven't had a chance to really look at them all. Um, I can tell you that I am in contact pretty regularly with the, with Representative Pfeiffer, Senator Hall, you know, as well as Representative Mize. And uh, anytime we need to have a discussion, their door is always open. And I'm sure as those bills start to, to, to flourish a little bit that we're going to have some discussion on those because I think that the bad guys need to be locked up. But I think the good guys that made mistakes should have an opportunity for it not to ruin their life. Uh, and I can tell you, you know, you know it's like I, you know, I tell my guys when I'm talking to, you know, I say my guys, my inmates, my guys. <laughs> yeah, there's some good guys back there, really hard. Uh, but I tell them when they're kind of getting down on their luck, you know, about how they've been in for six months or whatever, and it's like, what, you know, what do you think your wife's doing right now? You know, she's probably got the kids living with mom and living with a friend because the breadwinner's now in jail for doing something stupid. So I said, I understand you're not happy where you're at, but you being in here affects a whole lot more people than just you. And that's kind of the message I, I try to send them all, that it's, you know, yeah, it sucks you're in jail. You know, who wants to be there? But think about you know about the people that you were providing food to, you know, transportation or whatever it is. Now your family's out here struggling, living from house to house, doing whatever to try to make it through a day, and you're in here because you did something stupid, you know. <laughs> I don't hit them, I promise. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I can also tell you that, that with us having the work groups with the commissioners and stuff like that, and I want to thank Marvin, uh, Commissioner Goodman's here. Uh, he's been a, a good proponent of our, our uh, trustee work details. In fact, he's hired some of those guys. Now, one guy did kind of slip off one day, but we got him back. Uh, now he's doing some time. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to stop the program because of one idiot. Uh, because there is a lot of good guys out of those programs. Some of those guys, that's the first time they've actually done manual labor, and they're loving it. And I know that, that all three of our commissioners take advantage of those trustees that come out and work for them. And they're usually away before... The commissioners got there, ready with their stuff, eating, and they're ready to go out and do an honest day for it. Even though they're wearing the oranges and not getting paid, you know, they do get two for one. So if they're in for ten days and work ten, they get they only got to do five. But that's uh, a viable program. And like I said, several of those guys have gone to jobs with our commissioners because of uh, the work they did while they were in our custody. That's a start. You know, I'd like to have you know, a list of people that we could phone those guys out to when they do get out to, to, to give them a foundation of success. Uh, a while back, we first year I said we had a culinary arts program uh, that our trustees were doing. I think we had six guys that signed up for the program. Two graduated. And we allowed them to cook a meal and have their family come and celebrate their passing of the culinary arts program. 
and then our uh, and those two guys, one of them, he's back in jail. He's, I think he's in DOC now. But the other guy, he hasn't been back. And, and, and I lost contact with him. My hope is that he's working in some restaurant somewhere, making good money, sweating his butt off, and gets on tired at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I think those are those success stories that that help me keep going with why I do my job each and every day. Just if I can make a difference, give somebody hope, and brighten their day. You know, even the ones that come to my facility, because uh, a lot of times. They've never had that uh, relationship or support system, and it takes five, ten minutes. It doesn't cost me anything. And I can tell you that if we go in the back back there and I need something from any of those guys, I can usually get it pretty easy. So, trend of questions, I know. Yes, sir. Uh, used to be an organization, a ministry in the city called uh, Character First. Yes, and, I'm familiar with uh, it. They've sold that, but uh, still there's, there's a similar program to that. Do you teach character uh, to the inmates? And, and, uh... You know, I've, I've tried to figure out ways that I could go in there and teach uh, with, you know, the job. It's sometimes an 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour day, and then i got to go home make up with my wife because I got home late. But, but I mean, I'm open, I'm open to any of those programs to get them into our facility. Uh, the hard thing is if we've got 170 guys in there, we'll have 30, 35 women, uh, the rest are males, trying to figure out who's going to go to the program, who's not going to go to the program. Uh, right right now we do a lot of stuff with our trustees because the access is easy because they do, they're separated from the general population, if you will. Now on Sundays we do have preachers that do come in and do some pod uh some pod ministering, but even then we got to be careful because there's lawsuits out there where we're trying to push Christianity off on somebody that doesn't want it. Uh, uh, character first was not overtly crazy. Sure. Yeah. Vision, friends are based. Yeah. In fact, I think it was a church that started it. Uh, Tom Hill, uh, Kim Wright, the one that oh, Kim Wright. actually uh, started it. Based on Bill Gothard's character trait. No, I didn't know they, that they sold it. I didn't know they did. Yeah, I sold it about six, seven years ago. But, but yeah, if there's programs out there that will help those guys, yeah. I'm all about it. Is uh, there any other questions before I turn the sweaty mic over to. Is that it?